Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm very upset with Ramona. I, she doesn't feel my pain. She doesn't feel my struggle. Here's how it's got to be with Ramona. She has to be here, and she would like everyone to be... of everyone's business but mine reporting live from northwest frisian horse Saul. it's really nice in here it's air conditioned it's comfortable spacious i'm feeling great feeling feeling really good about myself to be honest with you better than i have in months um the lord has smiled upon me and also you and has given us the gift of content finally something that i'm able to talk to that i don't have to just like scream and be upset about race even though I'm continuing to do that literally right now I'm going back and forth with somebody in the comments about uh, racial issues in America but you know what that's another another story that's my personal life and you know what this is everyone's business but mine for a reason let's get into the things that I've been watching I feel like Netflix gives us like just a batch of really good documentaries, docu-series, and then they leave us high and dry for a few months. I personally am like a docu-head. Like I want to watch things as soon as I see them. When if it has to do with true crime, if it has to do with just 
whatever. I'm totally into it. So let's get into what I've been watching. First of all, I would like to recommend Disclosure. I think a lot of people have been talking about it, but I actually think like if you guys have not watched it, it's a great, awesome informational documentary about um, trans people and their presence in the media and their presence in pop culture and how, you know, it began the, the complete timeline of events up from the beginning of media and like the talkies and, and the silent film era up to today, wh what strides we've made, how many, you know, like how people feel about it, how trans people feel about it, how they feel about being depicted and all of those things. It's actually really, really trans informational, transformational. And I really feel like I learned a lot and I thought it was, had a lot of heart to it and also a lot of information. So I totally, um, would recommend that. Number one. Number two, Athlete A. It discuss, uh, gets into the gymnast scandal that happened with Larry Nasser and all of those gymnasts and Olympians that were affected and sexually abused by him. So, you know, obviously trigger warning, content warning, if you can't handle it. But if you can, I would definitely get into that. Like just the cover-ups and, and, the system that was not made to protect these girls is just horrific and it's something that we all need to be privy to because so many girls were affected by it so many lives were affected and they were punished for it and it just is like infuriating and heartbreaking and just really really great watch um Third, I is a half recommendation. I'm not going to lie. Unsolved Mystery just came out. I think only like four or five episodes are out. I would recommend episodes one and three. Maybe start with one to wet your whistle and then go into three where you get some real mess and questions. Um, I, I like true crime and I like mysteries and stuff, but I don't like... I'm not like heavy, heavy, heavy with it. So I have heard from people who were like really into it that it doesn't quite do it for them. But I thought episodes one and three were great. There was another one about UFOs that I couldn't even get into and I wasn't interested. But those two episodes, awesome. House of Horrors or House of Terror, I think it was called. It is a lot of subtitles because it happened in France, but mm. Oh, chef's kiss moi delicious um and oh another uh, one announcement that i wanted to talk about for patreon subscribers i will have made the decision to do an ask me anything once a month and that'll be free or not free but available to uh patreon subscribers at both levels the dollar level and the five dollar level um so if you guys have any questions you can ask me anything <laughs> um, just email everyone's business, but mine at gmail.com. That would be the best way. The second best way would be DMS, but it gets hard because I get so many DMS. It's, it's hard for me to organize that. But if you, if you want to DM me, that's fine. But again, at everyone's business, but mine at gmail.com would be the way to go. I'm planning on doing maybe like five to 10 questions a month. So if I don't get to you that month, I'll get to you the next month. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be just like a total free for all. I'm, I'm really excited about it. <sighs> all right, let's, let's get into the mess. Should we get into the Kardashian corner? I think we should. I think we should. Um, Chloe and Tristan reports came out that according to sources that Chloe and Tristan are giving it another shot. Uh -huh. Wow. What a surprise. How shocking. Haven't I been ranting about this? 
for since they broke up really like back it I mean you guys come on like the jig is up we know what's happening it was all written in the stars the stars are there stars in hell if there are stars in hell it was written in those stars I I mean come on we all know Chloe does not make good decisions when it comes to men we knew that once she was impregnated by one, that she was really not going to let them go. She was going to let those coffin nails, sink those coffin nails into his skin and never let go. What can I even say, really? What can I even say? Because I knew this was going to happen. It's like, I imagine like if you have a kid and you see them like reach for like a bowl of milk or, or a bowl of cereal or the jar of milk. And you're like, mm, I know that this is just going to spill all over the floor and it's going to be a disaster. And I'm going to have to be the one that pick, to picks up the pieces. And that's where we are. So good luck to you. This is not going to go well. We're in July. I'm already giving this until December until, you know, Tristan, puts his, you know, paintbrush into another bottle. Somebody's going to be pregnant. And it's going to be Chloe, but it's also going to be somebody else. That's my prediction. I give it a year before he fucks up again, and we find out about, about it publicly. I think the only reason why it's not happening now is because we're mostly under lockdown. <sighs> Prayers up for true. That's all I can say. Um, and, You know, if if I'm annoyed about this situation, I'm doubly annoyed about, about the next one that happened last night. Kanye West decided to tweet at 8.38 on the 4th of July. We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision, and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. American flag emoji. Hashtag 2020 vision. This currently has 490 retweets, 490,000 retweets, and over a million likes. <sighs> um, we saw a couple days ago that he was hanging out with Elon Musk. Grimes took a picture of them. She's probably so sick of them. Hashtag justice for true. Hashtag free. Free Grimes. Um, I knew he was up to something and that we were going to get some mess from there. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted, you have my full support under this, which is like not something that I would ever want to hear. You know, you don't want to be on that side of history, you know, you know, <laughs> thank God Kim and Kanye are not having another kid. Cause you know, that name would be even fucked up, even more fucked up than Grimes and Elon's at this point. Um, Oh, again, and you know, I think that there are a lot of conversations that are being had, maybe mostly on Twitter and on social media about a couple things. One, is Kanye going to take the vote away from um, people who are going to be voting for Biden and throw those votes towards Trump? Is there some like great conspiracy theory that that's going to be happening and that he's going to end up like swinging the election by having his supporters um vote for him are the there seems to be some sort of feeling that like black people are now going to vote for Kanye which 
have you heard what black people think about Kanye? <laughs> like, where have y'all been? That's my first question. Um, and then, but to me, I think the buck stops right here. Th- this man is tripping. Okay. He, this isn't going to happen. I, I don't know what the deadlines are exactly for, you know, signing up for to be the president. I think there isn't like an official deadline, but there are a lot of hoops that you have to jump through, which is not going to be happening in early July, between July and now. It's just not. Kanye, here's the other thing. Kanye talks when he has product to push. We know that he got that gap line, that four-year deal with the gap. He just had a song come out with Travis Scott a few days ago. This is a PR move. Every time his new music comes out, he starts talking and bumping those gums. And it's just like, I, it's not worth it. It's not even worth it to even like have this discussion because it's not going to happen. Like, am I going to sit and have a whole discussion about how I'm going to be impregnated by Chris Evans? Like, am I going to tweet that? No, because it's never going to happen. Okay. So like, don't worry, you guys, everything's going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. It's not even worth the conversation. Kim's not going to be the first lady. Okay. Chris isn't going to be in the cabinet. North isn't going to be secretary of the interior. You know, Chicago is not going to be Secretary of State. We're going to be fine. Nothing's happening here. You know, Little Psalm's not going to be in the Treasury Department. Okay, we got it. Kylie's not going to be the head of whatever the fuck. Okay, it's fine. It's not going to happen. So that's the end of the Kardashian corner. Like, girl, okay, girl. Let's uh, keep in the political realm. One, Claudia Conway has made her mark both in the TikTok world and on Twitter. Who is Claudia Conway? She is the daughter of George and Kellyanne Conway. Two people that I didn't even know could have procreate and have humans because I don't think that Kelly is a human. I think she's a bat. You guys can look at my... Uh, Twitter history, just look up at Caribbean tweets, Kellyanne Bat, or just look up Bat. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. This woman is not human. If anything, she's a demogorgon. And so maybe we can have another 11. Is Claudia Conway 11? Is she 12? I don't know. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth on that. This, on her specifically. Claudia is a 15 year old girl. She's been on TikTok being like, ACAB, Black Lives Matter, I need support from, you know, more progressive people because the conservatives really attack me when I say these things out loud. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between like the yes queen, welcome to the resistance people and the like she's stupid. I don't want to pay attention to her. And I think some, the truth lies somewhere in the middle because like, first of all, she's 15. Like she can't vote. (laughs) So there's that, but I don't, you know, we don't need to be hailing this girl up. But on the other hand, I do love the idea of her just like completely 
terrorizing her mother, who is one of the highest ranking people officials in terms of the current presidency. And if that pisses her mom off and it potentially gets her fired, then like, I love that. (laughs) I love it. I don't think she has any impact outside of that. Like, I'm not listening to a 15 year old. Sorry. Like, that's just not my ministry. But, you know, I, if, if she wants to like piss off her mom and that's, I think that's really what it is. Like she's a 15 year old girl. And she is just going to do what her parents don't want her to do. She has already outed them by saying, like, (laughs) you and dad's relationship, this is why your relationship is failing. Like, just give us the tea. I'll appreciate the tea and I'll appreciate the mess. I'll appreciate you pissing off your mom. I'll appreciate you pissing off the Trump presidency in a way that, like, I can't personally do because, thank God, my parents or my mom would doesn't work for Trump or nobody in my family works for Trump. So I'm here for that. I don't need her to do anything beyond that. She's not moving my needle one way or the other. And that's my truth. That's my truth on Claudia. Um, let's get into the biggest news on July 2nd in the morning. I wake up from a very restful slumber and I'm feeling like damn like I haven't felt this refreshed in a while let me hop on Twitter and see dun 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 and I'm not gonna pronounce her name correctly because she doesn't deserve it Ghislaine Maxwell has been arrested clankety clank clankety clank as Karen Huger would say loving it Ooh, mmm delicious nutritious feeds my soul like I couldn't believe I was shocked my first thing was like where where has this bitch been she got arrested in New Hampshire has she been in America this whole time what (laughs) has she or has she been like coming in and out of the country and people have just been letting her chill that's my question that's my question. It seems like she's been in America. I don't know for how long. Um, there were articles that said that between like, I believe 2015 and 2016, I want to say, or there was some range that ended in 2016 that said that she had traveled in and out of the country more than 15 times. And that was right around the time that he started getting in trouble again. Obviously he died almost a year ago. Exactly. And I just have real questions. Now, I am going to admit a little bit of ignorance that I knew tangentially, like even having watched the Netflix documentary about him, I don't feel like, and maybe I just wasn't paying that much of attention, but like, I knew she was like a friend, lover, hybrid they were very close with each other, but I read this awesome read up by Vanity Fair that gets into like really her whole story. And it's fascinating. I, Cause like my question was like, where's her money coming from? I know she's a socialite. I know she's like British, but like, what's her backstory? So just to like paraphrase that Vanity Fair story, um, essentially her father was like a media magnet that he was born in Czechoslovakia. He um, fought in World War II 
first for Czechoslovakia, then they got occupied, then he moved to the UK and fought until the war was over. After World War II, he ended up marrying a British woman. Her father was like a silk tradesman or something. She was very, she was well to do. From there, he bought this like publishing company and ended up owning a bunch of publications, um, New York Daily News being one of them. He ended up being very successful, very wealthy. Um, Ghislaine, I believe, was his youngest daughter. They li- She lived a very charmed life. They were very close, she and her father. He ended up dying when she was 29 after, uh, under mysterious circumstances. They found him in the ocean or the sea or wherever he was, belly up. Um, it seems like he was kind of a magnanimous, magnanimous guy. He was, had a lot of orgies. He had, you know, he ate a lot. He was very social, had all these friends. And this is kind of seems like where the trouble started with Ghislaine. I'm not, what I'm about to say is not going to, is not like a justification for her behavior as an adult, but it paints a better picture, I would say. So apparently, like I said, she was very close with her father. He had all these like orgies and sex parties, yada, 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 that she was sort of like tangentially involved in, not like in an incest way, like just that she knew about them and there was some involvement in that. Um, and so they found him off his boat, floating there, dead. And there's, it's hard to say who had who did it? Did he do it himself? Apparently he was known for having a midnight pee off the side of the boat. So maybe he fell or maybe some frogmen spies came and offed him or he was pushed off the boat. There's been no, it's another unsolved mystery about that. She believes that he was murdered after he died. You know, they find out that the finances weren't really as good as they thought. They lost everything. She ends up moving to America, gets a small apartment, and very quickly meets Jeffrey Epstein. And she gets kind of like the lifestyle back that she always was accustomed to living. The story is that like, by this time, by the time they meet, Jeffrey has all this money. But she's really the one, like he didn't know what to do with it. So she was kind of the one who ended up like giving him this lifestyle. They ended up, you know, she, they were dating, but she was never really admit to them dating, even to like her closest friends, but they were seen together at fashion weeks and socializing and traveling the world together that like, they were kind of like a dynamic duo. Um, Basically, she was the one who had him buy this like palatial um, home, I think in New Mexico or Arizona, the one who was responsible for him getting um, Epstein Island and that space, that mansion. He buys her a five-story mansion on the Upper East Side, a few blocks away from his. And basically she kind of ended up being his like, not assistant, but like his lifestyle manager. Like she handled all the properties. She, 
was known as being like one of the first people to have a cell phone that every few days he would call her and say, what's the weather at this house? What's the weather at this house? Let's go get the jet going. Like she ran his life even like long after they broke up. Um, so around 94 to 97, this is what she got arrested for, for allegedly grooming these girls, getting them close to her, getting, gaining friendships with them, making them feel comfortable and normalize, like really normalizing the horrific acts that she and Jeffrey were both um, participating in, grooming these girls, like people have been quoted as saying weird, really weird stuff about how like she would go to parties and there was one party that she went to and there were a bunch of young girls and she was like, oh, like, please introduce me to all these girls. And the person she was with was like, why? Which is <laughs> like, because I, I'm interested in them. And if I'm interested then I know Jeffrey will be interested in them. Um, there's a lady named Virginia Roberts who is making a lot of the allegations against, um, Ghislaine and Jeffrey basically saying that she met them. She was working at Mar-a-Lago. <clears throat> she was working at Mar-a-Lago as like a towel girl or something like that. She met Ghislaine. They became friends. She would basically like take these girls out shopping or take these girls to the movies. And then she would get them to meet Jeffrey and have these girls do massages. Like they would be naked. He would be naked then he would, you know, sexually assault them and that she would join them sometimes. And so basically I thought that she had been in trouble like this whole time for like decades of abuse. But the only thing that they are alleging is that this happened between 1994 and 1997. Um, it's wild. It's wild to me, her lifestyle, post, um, Jeffrey getting arrested and, you know, dying. We'll just say dying. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's basically been kind of like on the run, but she hadn't really been formally charged with anything. So it kind of makes sense that, yeah, she would be kind of laying low because those are horrific things to be accused of and slash guilty of. And, but it's just been very strange. Obviously, one of the bigger stories, I don't want to say bigger, just to clarify. Obviously, what has happened to these girls is like a tragedy and it's its own big story. But once you bring in the money and the power aspect, the other side to that coin is the connections that they had the fact that they were very social people, the fact that they, you know, hobnobbed with the rich and the wealthy and the famous and the powerful, anywhere from like business people, attorneys, politicians, movie stars, models, you know, Jeffrey's black book came out and you see people like Naomi Campbell. Obviously we know Trump was in there. Bill Clinton was in there. Alan Dershowitz was in there. Um, Caroline Stanberry of Ladies of London was in there. Uh, the Mortimers were in there, not Tinsley, but like her mother-in-law and sister. Uh, there are, you know, obviously we know the big 
connection between Ghislaine and Jeffrey and Alan Dershowitz and Carol Radziwill. Um, people just discovered on Reddit the other day that for her, uh, for Carol's author picture that Ghislaine was credited as being the photographer for the picture in her sleeve. Um, let me get back to the Mortimer situation of it all. Um, so yeah, Gigi Mortimer and her husband. So Tinsley's ex mother, sister-in-law, um, they, yeah, it, it's very, very weird. The most interesting thing that I think has come out is a connection with, Ooh, Yolanda. And this has, the tweet thread has been deleted. Interesting. But I'll just give you a recap on what that said. So this man, I believe his name is Henrik, was the one who found uh, Ghislaine. The one who helped get her to the authorities. Um, so basically what happened is that he was able to ping her different locations and his name is Hank Hank Van S he said he presented his findings that Ghislaine was at the Pennsylvania farm that Yolanda owned at least on November 19th 2019 she claims Yolanda claims that she doesn't know her Gigi also claims that she doesn't know her but basically this man says like he <laughs> okay, that he um was able to ping her location. He's deleted a few of these text me- or these tweets. He claims that he tried to reach out to Yolanda for a response and that she didn't respond, but she posted the receipts of her uh, DM saying, "I just checked our DMs to see where you could have contacted me for a comment between before making such terrible accusations and that you've never sent me a message." see screenshot you have in fact never asked for an official comment but here it is i do not know or have ever associated with Ghislaine. my first time i've heard about her any of this was uh watching the documentary like the rest of the world on netflix which became an in-depth dinner conversation with my family in which we all discuss how it's possible that this woman is not already in jail i strictly quarantine with my family as my daughter is pregnant and is at high risk for contacting the virus and just learned in the past couple of days via the press like everyone else that um Ghislaine was arrested in new hampshire which is multiple states away from where i live so i'm not sure how i've been brought into this narrative of yours but i take these false claims very seriously please stop involving me what that lady did was is disturbing and she deserves to be in jail for a long time hank alleges i'm sorry that's not true both requests are still live check the screenshot so he sends a screenshot there he added her said can you confirm or deny my findings that Jislaine was at your pennsylvania farm at least on november 29th 2019 and then it looks like he says it in dutch um yeah so he said he also mailed her and called her. <sighs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so this is this is very strange. But basically he said he pinged Ghislaine at five different locations all across the country. Everywhere from Beverly Hills, North Car- California, 
Santa, not Santa Fe. Um, what Texas? What's a place in Texas? Uh, oh my gosh. It starts with an S. I can't remember. All I can think is Saint Tropez. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I'm, 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 I can't. Um, somewhere in Texas. <laughs> uh, then kind of like up in, I think she was also in Florida, then New Hampshire and the Pennsylvania area. So they have been, like I said, this guy Hank and Yolanda have been going back and forth about whether or not she was actually contacted. So then Gigi tweets at him and says, my mom clearly from her timeline almost never uses a Twitter app. This was only brought to your attention by me because fans were sending me your tweets. She wouldn't have seen your tweets and cannot go back further in Twitter mentions that far in your tweet above. You claim that you also emailed my mom, but the only email from she has from you is from 5 11 AM this morning. So in your tweet, almost 24 hours ago, claiming that you have contacted her, you've not even sent an email. And then he says that the mail sent after she didn't respond to my tweets. Anyway, now I have your attention. Please answer the pending question and we can all have a great weekend. Is your claim that Ghislaine never visited the farm? So then he sends posts a screenshot of a ping of Ghislaine in Doylestown that looks like she used her IP address was in uh, used on a Mac and an Apple something that basically she pinged in Doylestown. She was arrested in New Hampshire at this like gorgeous million dollar mansion. So (sighs) only time will tell only time will tell on what actually happened, but it seems like they're very adamant. The Hadids are very adamant that they don't know her. They don't want to. (laughs) So we, we shall see. I don't want to prescribe to the idea that like, Ghislaine is going to, you know, quote unquote, commit suicide or anything like that. Um, but I am very invested and I hope that these women who were involved as girls with this woman, are, they seek justice, they get justice that they deserve. And fuck Ghislaine. Okay. All right. My last bit of news is more mess. <laughs> who would have thought that the Smiths would be in two episodes back to back? But here we are. So... I just, I mean, there's not like a whole lot to say. I just wanted to let you all know that I'm going to be keeping up with this story. I'm very excited about it. So for those of you guys don't know, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith have long and repeatedly admitted that they are in some version of an open marriage, whether it be they see other people or they're free to see other people and don't, I don't know not my business. I don't care, but I think we're about to find out. And so it will make, I will make it my business and I actually care very deeply. Um, (laughs) so there was a clip of Jada saying that when she got together with Will, that she said something along the lines of like, I told him that when, if we're going to do this. We're really going to be together. If we're going to be married, I have no intention of getting a divorce from you. We're going to share a house. We're going to share a home together. And if it takes you being on one side of the house with somebody else and me being on the other side of the house with somebody else, that's just going to be what it comes down to. But we are going to be together forever. So there was a gentleman by the name of August Alcina 
and he did a, an interview. He has a, um, an album that just came out or is about to come out in which he said he had, there had been rumors about he and Jada being together. He posted an Instagram post, I believe last year for her birthday, where he like fawned over her and talked about how great she was and yada, yada, yada. She was like his whole world. And so he clarified on that by saying, I actually sat down with Will and had a conversation due to the transformation due to the transformation of from their marriage to life partnership that they've spoken on several times and it, you know, not involving romanticism. Uh, then he, you know, basically implying that Will and Jada have, they don't do anything with each other physically, but they're like a, a life, they're life partners. He goes on to say, Will gave me my, gave me his blessing. I totally gave myself to that relationship for years of my life. And I truly and really, really deeply loved and have a ton of love for her. So then later that day, reps for Jada issued a statement that said, absolutely not, sir. (laughs) And he said, she called the claims absolutely not true. Will's reps did not respond to this. Um, obviously the internet was set ablaze by this interview, the claims that he was making, you know, it was a mix of like, oh, didn't we already know this to like, oh, bitch, the drama. I, I, you know, again, like usual, I fall somewhere in the middle. (laughs) And then Jada tweeted an epic tweet that she says, I'm going to be bringing myself to the red table, meaning her red table talk interviews that she does with people. Famously, she did one with Jordan woods after the uh chloe and tristan drama and yeah we can all look forward to that soon so i'm like it seems you know even though they've been like quote unquote open about this i I won't put quotes on it they have been open about it but it's also been kind of like a vague opaque sort of openness they haven't explicitly said we have an open relationship as far as i know these are the parameters of our relationship this is what we do. This is our choice. It is consensual. We still love each other. Blah, blah, blah. There have been, oh, there was more drama with um, Tisha Campbell, who was married to a man. She's an actress. She was on Martin. She played Gina. And she was married to an actor named Dwayne Martin, but they recently got divorced. She has been making claims for quite some time, kind of low key, but not really so much that the reason for their divorce was Will. Was it a sexual reason? Was it a relationship reason? We're not sure, but she has been very clear that Will was a direct reason for the demise of their relationship, that they got very close with each other, that Will was in his ear, that once they became friends, Dwayne completely changed. And so Tisha Campbell posted on her IG, like the truth will in all caps come out and things will be exposed. And it's a mess, 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 mess. Anyway, you guys, <laughs> the rest of the episode is going to be my Roni recap. Real Housewives of New York is back and it's back with vengeance. So enjoy that. I'm going to tell you guys right now that I started to record Saturday night, the 4th of July night. So you are going to hear some fireworks. I tried to keep it to a minimum. There, there might be some pops. 
and I apologize. I'm sorry. That's the only time I had to do it. I'm very sorry. Please do not give me a one-star review because of this one episode in which the sound was not great because you guys love to do that. <laughs> you make one mistake and it's all over for me. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, thank you so much and let's get into the Rony recap. Hello, hello. Welcome to a Rony recap. It's been quite a while. What has happened since then? Dorinda has devolved into, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so sorry. It's 4th of July. <laughs> and there might be a couple of bombs bursting in air. I, I apologize. It's not my fault. You know what? Blame your ancestors. Okay, not mine. <laughs> With that being said, Dorinda keeps devolving into this, like, drunken, angry woman. Um, and Tinsley is left. Princess Tinsley has gone off for, you know, the bright lights in the big city of Chicago. Um, I, do I think that this is going to work out for her? <laughs> to be honest with you, I thought that their relationship would have been over by now, but I think maybe quarantine has worked in Tinsley's favor. She's getting everything she's wished for. Scott can't go anywhere, <laughs> so... <laughs> What else are they going to do but try and make their relationship work? Maybe we'll get a baby announcement in, you know, sooner rather than later. That would be quite a blessing. With that being said, Tinsley's gone. And uh, we're moving on into the second half of The Real Housewives of New York. Uh, there has also been a shift change in terms of the new... Rony mid-season taglines. I am not loving them, especially since we got the Real Housewives of Potomac taglines, which like, maybe this is a controversial opinion, but I think that they are probably the best taglines consistently that I have heard out of a whole season in years, maybe, maybe even years. Um, so let's go through what those taglines are starting off with Ramona Singer. So what if I'm self-involved? Who else should I be involved with? And you know what? She spawn on her about that because Lord knows she doesn't care about the health and safety of anybody that she seems to be surrounded with, given all the news about her um, contracting coronavirus, potentially giving it to Avery, flying to Florida, having a wang dang doodle, dining outside as soon as she was cleared of her Lyme disease and not really given a damn going back to Florida or back to New York rather than back to partying, partying with the Trumps, partying with fellow Republican disasters. We just found out that Kim Guilfoyle, who is Donald Trump Jr.'s uh, girlfriend, just contracted the virus or just tested positive for the virus and Oi, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I could go on and on about that, and I have. You can check my Twitter about that if you'd like to. Um, let's go to Leah's. Uh, she says, I, "If I, I'll say sorry for what I've done, but never for who I am." Uh, Luann always one to capitalize on a moment and just drag it down as far as she can into the mud to make it not funny at all is I rise above the drama and I won't settle for the lower level. 
Dorinda goes on to say, like a mint in my mouth, I can be a bit fresh. And Sonia says, I'm no one's arm candy. I'm the whole bowl of sugar. Not loving that. Obviously, Tinsley didn't get one because she's no longer a housewife. She's she's done. She's done and buried. So let's get into the episode. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I think it's also worth mentioning before we get into the actual recap that we are now seeing the very first <clears throat> Housewives in Quarantine talking head interview things. The quality is not like we saw in the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion or the Vanderpump Rules reunion. It's a little low budget girl the ghetto but you know what we're just gonna have to make do these are tough times that we're all living in okay that's really all i'm gonna say about that the episode starts with leah meeting up with uh dorinda and luann at the costume shop place we find out that she leah is going to be inviting rob to the halloween party that is going to be making up the crux of this episode I gotta say, you guys, I'm just gonna start off first. First things first, I am proudly proclaiming that I think Baby Daddy Rob is very sexy. I think he's a short king. I think he is maybe the hottest uh, house husband <clears throat> or house baby daddy, <laughs> house boyfriend, whatever we want to call him, since Jason Hoppy. And. I don't take that lightly. And I think that that's something that we all have to reflect on. Who have we had in between them? John Medesian, Tom, Tom again, the other men from the Regency who keep coming, crawling back out of the sewers to like make out with Ramona. Not a great, not a great lineup of men. 
ugh, all the people that Carol hooked up to. Somebody asked me if I thought Adam was hot, and I have to say that I do not find him attractive. I get it. He's one of those guys that's like, I get it. But, like, he just doesn't do anything for me. He's not moving my dial. I, as a New Yorker, I know his type. I know the chef, the downtown chef. I'm so cool. I ride my bike everywhere. I'm super tall and skinny and I do yoga probably he's not for me I get it he's attractive I personally am not attracted to him so we find out that Luann is going to be hosting this Halloween party she claims that her friend Evan is you know the he hosts like the most fabulous Halloween parties in New York. And of course, by that, we get a flashback to her performing Money Can't Buy You class. So we know, you know, her level of fabulosity is whether or not she's able to get on stage and sing for people. So that's really what we're working with. Now, she's decided to be very gracious and not perform. So that for the sake of her friendships with the girls, you know, she doesn't want to, you know, take the shine off of them. God bless you, Luann. <laughs> so she has made the decision to just have Evan host a like a little private dinner party for the girls and for their friends. And that's what we're working with. What I'm loving this episode is the breakdown of people just turning from Tinsley, Dorinda turning from Tinsley, turning her sights on Ramona, and Sonia also has beef with Ramona. From Dorinda's side, her issue is the fact that last episode, they went to uh, all the way to Long Island to go to this like weirdo party planner who's going to be planning a dinner for her and her 60 girlfriends. And how Dorinda just felt very used by the situation. She felt like she and Ramona were, excuse me, she and Sonia were only invited to this like special party planning meeting because Ramona was going to be getting a kickback. She was going to be getting a free party and the guy wanted to take pictures of them for his social media. And she just felt like very like grossed out by the whole situation. I gotta say like, I am loving Ramona be like taken down a peg a bit because I think it's kind of been bubbling under the surface this whole time. Like if you catch like Earlier in the season, there are these little comments that are made. Like, Dorinda, I think, was the one who said, like, I don't want to hang out with Ramona and her little, like, Upper East Side women with their faces done and, and, you know, they all dress the same and look the same and, like, it's just weird. I don't want to hang out with these people. And also, it really seems like Ramona has gotten too big for her britches. Like, remember a couple seasons ago, or actually the first time Bethany came back, the first like one or two seasons, all of the girls started getting really annoyed with Bethany for always doing like putting skinny girl in the background. She had that skinny girl surfboard. It was like everything that they had to do had to center around the skinny girl brand. And all the girls got really tired of it. Like, I don't want to have to be the poster woman for your brand. And I totally get that. And I thinking that this is how Dorinda's feeling. A lot of people are feeling some type of way about Dorinda this season, and I totally get it. Like, she's not the woman that we, that I am accustomed to. I think Dorinda is one of the best 
new entry housewives, like late stage housewives that we can ever, you know, if we look back in the annals of history, we're going to look back and be like, she was just such a seamless, um, you know, addition to the show and to the cast. And she just brought it. She was real. She was raw. But this season, like she's really doing the most and it's not in a fun way. And she's really, you know, was coming after Tinsley in a way that was like, unfair and it's like you know to harken back to Sutton like let the mouse go you know but I completely understand how she feels about Ramona I'm and I'm loving it Ramona is a gross woman I have no problem with saying that she's gross off camera she's gross on camera there have been many stories about her like pushing Giselle out of a photo with other housewives because she didn't know who she was being very rude to people in New York. The rumors are out there. She just doesn't seem like a very nice woman and all the stuff with coronavirus and how she's acting like none of this really matters unless, you know, it doesn't affect her personally. It's just very clear that like Ramona's, you know, her, her stay is wearing a little bit thin and now that we're in this age of, like, the housewife shuffle, we're losing Vicki Gunvalson, Tamra, Bethany again, all these other women. Like, I'm loving to see it. I, I love to see a takedown of the official oldest OG housewife. All right. Well, after a very brief hour-long break, because shit got really escalated outside here we are back again if you hear some residual pops again i'm sorry i am so excited to talk about the well there was one scene with like ramona meeting up with a a dating guru who matchmaker who she met brian the red scarf guy with yada 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 i don't really give a fuck to be honest with you like she can, you know, she wants to find a man. She wants to find a rich man who can keep up with her financially because I met a billionaire and he, he saw my apartment and he was like, oh, you don't really even need a man. And he didn't even see my Hamptons house yet. So I really need a man who can keep up with me and, and travel to Europe in summer with me. Like, ugh, whatever. I don't, I really don't care. But finally, 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 I'm taking it all back about Elise. She gave us everything. She gave me everything that I possibly could have wanted in a new housewife, which is just to be useful. And I don't really love... Here we go again. All right, I think the residual pops are over. I don't really love when a housewife, a new housewife comes on the scene or a friend of and they try to stir trouble, but I think that Elise had a very good point and she does... She's very... um introspective and she gets people's numbers and she reads their cards and she was clocking the fuck out of Ramona Singer and I was loving it. We finally see why Elise was cast. So she and Sony meet up at the Dakota bar and they talk, their whole purpose of being there is to talk shit about Ramona, right? So Elise tells us that Ramona essentially basically like over the summer used Elise as like her emotional support girlfriend and as soon as the summer was over and, and she found these people that could give her more and had more and she's like, you know, I don't have the yacht anymore and I'm the jet. I can't give her plastic surgery. Like she has no need for me. And basically like, you know, all the trappings that Elise used to have with her old life of being married are gone. Ramona left her high and dry. 
basically, girl, Elise was girlfriend number 60. Ramona found another one and replaced her with the quickness. Um, then she goes on to say that after the post haunted house dinner that all the cast had, uh, a couple of girls got into a car and they were going to head over for drinks. And Ramona basically stopped her and was like, Oh no, I'm just going to go with the girls. Like completely iced her out, which is like a total, uh, what a monster, <laughs> what an absolute monster. Zonia then kind of chimes in and says, yeah, she, my issue with her, with her is that she's not supportive and that she's basically like a one upper. And we get a flashback to Sonia telling Ramona about the deal that she inked with Century 21. And Ramona's response to that is, oh yeah, like I used to work with them too. And I know the family and I know that I used to have a great relationship with this guy that worked there and I bet he's dead now, but like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh yeah, I've been there, done that. Like I've been there all before, like, and I'm personal friends of the family. Like, okay, girl, like you're like, she's Carly Kloss and she's friends with like Ivanka Trump or whatever, or Jared and they're married, whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, Ramona's just basically like a gross social climber, which like, I thought as we got older that like, we stopped caring about these things so much. And it seems like she cares about them more than ever. Like she is desperate to be around the cool girls, the popular girls, the Upper East Side ilk. Like she's fucking Jenny Humphrey from Brooklyn. And you guys have been watching a lot of Gossip Girl, but like, you know, forgive me for the comparisons. I love the scene. I thought it was so important. (laughs) I love that like, I don't know if my memory is not serving me correctly, but I like, I know that Ramona has gotten into beefs with the other women before. And I know that she doesn't always come out unscathed, but usually it's like she's fighting with Bethany and they end up being good. And it kind of seemed like that was going to be like, this was really going to be her season of like being the matriarch. Bethany is now gone and she was going to be like the HBIC, the head bitch in charge. And it's just really not working out that way. And like, sorry to that woman, but you know, I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> the next week, it, Dorinda and Hannah doing like some recreation of a scene from Lady Bird or whatever. And they pop into Jimbo's hamburger place. I love that Dorinda still lives in the New York in which she can just go to a place and like, oh, just give me my usual. Like, people know her like that. Like, <laughs> but then she goes through the whole thing, which is a cheeseburger with Swiss cheese, tomato, lettuce, fresh onion, lots of mayo and ketchup, all the sauces. Now, here's where I'm back on the same page with Dorinda. She goes on to say that, like, I can't eat a meal without sauce. I'm in a big sriracha kick, you guys, these days. I, the other day I ate every meal with a side of sriracha and I did it today. And I, I don't have any regrets. You would think that my stomach would be like wanting to kill me, but we're all doing fine. Everybody's fine here. And I'm just living my best life. Um, they then, Hannah and Dorinda basically talk about Richard because uh, Dorinda pulled out a picture that Richard's son sent to her. And she's like, oh, doesn't he look so much like Richard? And Hannah gets into this, like, whole little, like, woman power thing about how, like, I've never admired you more. And I felt like 
you know, look on the outside looking in as your daughter, I always felt that you were kind of defined and shaped by your relationships with the men that you were with. And now that you're single, like, I just see like the real you and I really, really like what I'm seeing and how noble it is of you to have been dealt this like bad card with the death of Richard and to see what you made of it. And it's just like such a more beautiful thing and a more like worthwhile thing than you just being married and just being a woman who was married. And we know that like Hannah and Richard really had a very close relationship and and I mean, obviously he's like a second father because he literally was like her second father legally, but um, they had a very close relationship. And to see her be like, I loved you guys together, but I also love the person that you become when that relation became when that relationship was over. Like it was just really nice. Dorinda starts to cry. Um, but like, on the other hand, like Loki, we all knew that Hannah hated John. <laughs> it was kind of like their first uh, storyline when Dorinda became a housewife. But you know what? Just take the good, take the good and take the bad. It was very sweet. And things really took a shift when Dorinda is trying to, they're trying to like, Hannah goes on to say that she wanted to make this next birthday of Dorinda's really special because she feels like her birthday comes around a time where it's like a really busy season and she feels like she's kind of failed in being a, you know, like giving her the proper birthday present that she deserves. And Dorinda goes, remember when, remember Rikers Island and how you used to play soccer on Rikers Island? And Hannah's like, ma'am, that was Randall's Island. <laughs> Rikers Island is, I, I was not playing soccer on the famous um, prison island of New York. It was Randall's Island, a, a much more appropriate island, if I do say so myself. Um, then we get the scene with Rob and their daughter Kiki and Leah. They go out for Chinese food, and I feel like Leah's kind of exaggerating the relationship that she has with Rob. She makes it seem like they're like. Scott and Courtney 2.0 like they can hang out with each other and have dinners and meals together and vacation together and they're just like they have all the um they have all the benefits of being together without like the physical sexual romantic aspect of it I think that this is a bit of an over exaggeration I will say um it's very clear that Leah is still hot for Rob and like I get it. I've made that very clear that I understand. I think he's like a sexy little turtle. And like, if he wants to holler at me, I love an older man. I'm happy to be Kira's stepmother. Like if we, I can only, you know, I only want to see her like every other weekend. I can do that. I'm fine. And I'm here. My application is ready to go. Just tell me where to ma mail it in. Leah's trying to like kind of plant the seeds in a way it seemed like to me in my opinion of being like oh don't you think it's weird that we neither of us have really ever found anybody or found that special someone after we ended our relationship and Leah's basically saying that like when they broke up well the reason why they broke up is because she was 25 when um when they had Kier and she just wasn't ready for all of that responsibility. She wasn't ready to be tied down that way. And yeah, she's like, 
oh, did she think it's weird? And, like, I just don't know. Like, I feel like you and Kier... I feel like you and Kier wouldn't accept another man that I brought into the situation because you guys are so protective of me. And my parents just love you so much, Rob. And they consider you like a son. Like, I can't even imagine them you know, also accepting another guy, and Rob tells us that, like, you know, he doesn't have a mother, so Leah's mom is kind of like a mother figure to him, and just the way she talks about it, and the way he talks about it is very telling to me. I, we've all been in situations where the woman is a lot more romantic, and waxes a lot more poetically about their relationship, and the guy's like, yeah, parts of that are true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, like, it seems like he and Leah's parents have a nice relationship, but like, it's probably a nice relationship because they have, he's, you know, they're the father of their granddaughter. And maybe it's like a little bit more special, maybe, than it would be if he I mean, I don't know. It just seems like maybe he's just like a nice guy. I don't think that they're like, you know, like having these great conversations without Leah, I think that it seems like Leah's parents are also very hands-on in terms of the parenting and the care of Kier. So I bet they probably see each other when they're like, when Leah's out of town or, you know, and Rob's taking care of her and then maybe Kier goes off to their place for the weekend. But I don't think it's like really much more than like, pleasantries and the fact that it seems like Rob wasn't like a total dick when they broke up like that's really all it seems like to me but again shoot your shot if you like it I most certainly love it and yeah I think you guys would take a break (laughs) for the night and we'll pick back up with the rest of the episode tomorrow so through the magic of technology I'm just gonna pick up at the end you'll see it It'll be seamless. It'll be harmless. It'll be fine. Okay. All right, you guys, back. Part two. Sunday. Middle of the day. Sun is shining. Hopefully nobody will pop off and light some fireworks. But you know what? Who knows? We live in a different world now. So it could be anything. Back to the show. The theme of the party was voodoo, which I admit, problematic. No... No argument for me about that, but Ramona says that she looked up voodoo on the internet and that she picked up the first thing that came up for her um, and Sonia because lately she hasn't liked Sonia's costumes. To me, that means that Ramona got one that she thought was cute for herself and she bought the ugly one for Sonia. (laughs) Ramona arrives early to the party, like an hour early. Because she says they had a group chat about this and that she just suggested that they should come earlier They should have the party earlier, which means that she just assumed that everybody just listened to her and moved mountains to have this party an hour earlier than it should be. Um, But that's not the case. She also brought Missy. Again. Why Ramona insists on bringing this woman is so (laughs) crazy to me. Like, it really just speaks to... And why would you bring her to Luann's party? A Luann-hosted party. Missy is Luann's ex's Tom's ex-girlfriend. He was seeing her before they got engaged and also probably after they got engaged and probably after they got married and 
I'm assuming after they got divorced. Mess. Messy. That should be her name. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Um, Ramona and Missy are all looking around at the decor of the dining space and they're like horrified, totally confused about everything, which tells us all we need to know about how long Ramona's Google search lasted. (laughs) Um, of course she invited the latest man in her like harem of Upper East Side weirdos, Ron, who was the same guy who, when she filmed that scene with Luann and Tinsley before Tinsley went off to Chicago, she had like double booked a date for Ron to come and have drinks with her after she fin- finished uh, filming, but he showed up early. This lady is a true nightmare. Like I cannot be for a woman who has like fifty eleven girlfriends. Like she she treats them so poorly. Like is this how she treats people when the cameras aren't up? Because my God, my God. Um, Dorinda and Elise and Sonia all ride to the party together. Sonia gets in last and we can tell that she's already lit, but you know what she says? It's a national holiday and I should be because if you're not drunk on Halloween, you're dead weight, <laughs> which in, in New York terms, New York takes Halloween very, very seriously. I don't disagree. I don't really celebrate it, but I feel like if you're going to go ham, you know, especially if you got a hired car, who cares? Um, Sonia pulls out a voodoo doll. Lord knows where she got this thing. She claims it's Ramona and thus begins her downward spiral into just the haze of vodka tonics and being more and more angry at Ramona and screaming in your ear, in your ear. (laughs) So on top of the voodoo doll, she also has some sort of like hammer, I guess. Um, she keeps banging on the boobs banging on the end, and then banging on the ear. In your ear, in your ear. Oh my god, this woman is great, great for a rhyme. Uh, Ramona is then greeting the guests to not her party because Luann isn't there yet. And the first thing she does is to fat shame a man for having a gut that she thinks that he bought to make his costume more realistic. And she is horrified to find out that <laughs> not only is it not a prop, that it's his, and she would say that to him. Like, why would you ever comment on somebody's body? <laughs> Especially if you thought they were bigger. Why would you do... Uh, she's a horrific, horrific woman. Um, Back at the hotel, like a manna from heaven, Jill Zarin shows up. 
Luann says that she and Jill are great friends, but they don't really get to see each other much because Luann's always on her national tour and Jill is in love. <laughs> Jill is now engaged to a guy named Gary, who she met like pretty immediately after meeting Bobby or after Bobby died. Um, you know, she she thinks that Bobby sent him, Gary, to help her. And so now they're engaged. And he's, like, kind of a good-looking guy. So good for her. Um, back at the dinner, Sonia pop Sonia's popping off. And she says, you know, like, I'm sick of you, Ramona. And you're always bringing the conversation back to yourself. And she tries to wrangle Elise into saying, like, you know, back up. And saying, like, you know, you treat Elise badly, too. And you treat her like she's at the bottom of the po- totem pole that you are always sticking her at the end of the table and like you're just acting like she's like the loser your loser friend Ramona of course knows that even though Sonia is wasted she's not wrong (laughs) and so of course she blames them both and walks over to Dorinda to try and find an ally and she's like you know what I just want to tell you a secret which is that you and Sonia are my closest friends and Dorinda's like girl (laughs) like get get real here she's like i don't don't buy it um and then she's like horrified to find out that dorinda is also upset with her and they start to argue about the party um ramona's coming out party of her being what 62 or something (laughs) and and her girlfriends and why couldn't you just have a dual party birthday party with Sonia because you guys have the birthdays around the same time last year you fucked up by not inviting her to your birthday like intentionally not inviting her to your birthday and we all saw it on camera um she's like no I'm not gonna do that like it's my time I'll I'll have another party for Sonia if she needs one so badly and it's just like very weird she's like you know, I have 80 girlfriends. She, she's gone from 60 to 80 girlfriends now. I've got 80 girlfriends and this is my party and I'm going to have it. And then Dorinda is like, you know what? And you brought me and Sonia over to Long Island to that party planner. And I know you're getting this shit for free. And Ramona's like, no, I'm paying for all of it. Blah, blah, blah. And Dorinda's like, okay, swear on your daughter's life. <laughs> and then Ramona walks away and is like, have, have you been drinking? She's like, I'm not the one who's been drinking. You're the one who's been here for an hour and a half before anybody even showed up. I'm completely sober. Don't do this to me. And this is where Dorinda is like stewing and she's also ready to pop off. Ooh. So Leah and Luann and Rob show up and Ramona decides to suck up to Leah again because she realizes that nobody at the party likes her. She's already brought Missy. So Luann is probably not trying to hear it either. And now Dorinda tries to go back up to her to have a conversation and she is completely blanking her out. Like the height and epitome of rudeness for somebody to, Ooh, I hate being ignored. (laughs) I hate when people are just like intentionally blocking you out. Not that it happens really to me, but it's just like, I don't give a fuck about what you're saying. I don't care that you're being passionate about somebody. I don't care about your feelings. And I do not even care to even acknowledge it. Something that doesn't happen, shouldn't be happening in this instance. Like, it's it's just 
weird. It, it's weird and it's so, so rude. And the, the no reason why we know it's even more rude is because Ramona says herself, I'm going to ignore her because completely ignoring Dorinda means that it's just going to make her more mad. So your response to allegedly feeling hurt that Dorinda's mad at you is to make Dorinda more mad so then you look like the victim because you know how Dorinda's going to act. You know that she's going to go off on you and then you're going to have cause, you know, a, a reason to say that like she's the bad guy. Oh, diabolical genius. Um, Dorinda delivers in every way possible. She pulls a like classic Siggy Flicker move and she's like banging on her um, glass to do a speech Clink, 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 clankety clank. Um, let me ask a consensus here. I just have a question as a woman in power. Do you think it's nice when a girlfriend doesn't like what you have to say and says, are you drunk because they don't like what you're saying? <laughs> Sony's got a mouthful of a chicken wing or an alligator wing. Do alligators have wings? No, but whatever the equivalent, the alligator equivalent of a wing would be. <laughs> so she points the, the wing at Ramona and goes, Ramona, why'd you say that? <laughs> she's wasted like just beyond beyond reprieve um then we go back to Dorinda's speech and she's like she's been here an hour and a half boozing it up and it's mean schadenfreude you try to get happiness out of other people's faults why would you do that you're terrible to Sonia terrible to me don't do that don't do that Ramona <laughs> just amazing <laughs> um Jill stands up and's like I miss you girls cheers what a party. <laughs> and that that's a mood. Like, we need to have Jill Zarin back. Why why are we even playing this game? Like, this season, I think people are feeling like it's really gone off the rails. There needs to be a straight woman who is going to kind of, like, wrangle all these cats together in the bathtub. You know? Like, it's just a mess. <laughs> And while it's fun to watch, and it was fun to watch him in the Hamptons, and it was fun to watch Leah take the torches naked, and and that, and I think people are really missing Tinsley now. Like, there just needs to be somebody who's, like, looking at all of this and being like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> Is this what we're doing? Um, and And I do miss that, and I think that Jill would be the perfect foil. I've always thought that, like, there needs to be somebody who's like kind of in between the two worlds from like like a Bethany was great because she was sort of like young enough for Tinsley that it made sense that they would hang out and old enough to be hanging out with the older girls like we need a bridge we need a gap so I'm calling on Jill Zarin um Heather Holla Thompson um who else can we have back? Not Bethany. Just Jill or, Jill or Heather. Or if we're going to bring somebody else in, like, have them be a friend of... Um, have them be a friend of, like, maybe Dorinda. Like, if Dorinda has a younger friend, I don't even know who whose friend we... You know, like, who would be a seamless thing? Because we know that, like, Ramona's friends don't really work because they're weird. I don't, oh, I don't know. Let me know who you guys think. Would you bring up somebody from the ranks? We can maybe get the, the blonde lady who was super boring. Who was on the same, what is her name? 
the lady who does the power, the energy drinks, her husband, Josh, Kristen Takeman, Kristen, Heather, or Jill Zarin. But my, my number one's going to be Jill. She's sober. And I think that that helps. She's like a mother figure. And I think that would be good for Leah, for Jill and Leah to have a relationship with one another. I think, you know, she's got the money. She's got the the house. She's used to these girls. I think she's perfect. But let me know what you guys think. Anyway. Um, Ramona is completely shut down. Probably like all of your pets on the 4th of July when the fireworks are going off. And she is mad. She's so mad. And she tells Missy, like, Dorinda's just so angry. And she just must be angry about her life. It's like, yeah, maybe. But she's probably also angry because you're a monster and because you've used her just like you've been using Elise and you've been using Sonia and like there there's something to it like if everybody if a whole bunch of people are mad at you you gotta look inward the common denominator is you it's it's very weird um so (laughs) Jill's like is it always like this like you walk into a room and Dorinda just attacks somebody like (laughs) what the hell uh, Lisa walks over to Ramona because even Luann can admit and a couple other people can admit that like, even though we don't really like Ramona, it is kind of messy and we do feel bad for her that Dorinda just publicly went off on her in front of everybody and made such a big show of it. So Lisa comes over and is like, you know what? I love you. Are you okay? Like, it, you know, just, I'm just checking in on you and Ramona's not having it. She's like, you know what? I just don't want to talk right now. Like I'm going through a lot. (laughs) What are you going through? (laughs) You don't have a job lady. Like what are you going through? Your daughter just graduated from college. She's living a great life. Like what, what issues do you have? Is there something like what you're buying a new apartment, a new multi-million dollar apartment. Is that your problem? You're redecorating your house at the Hamptons. Like girl, (laughs) You're worried about the the menu for your your coming out party when you're 62. <laughs> like, this is psycho. Uh, okay, so then we get a talking head of Ramona, and she's clearly back, or not back, but she's clearly like doing these talking heads from Florida, where she was staying with Avery and Mario. And she's like, you know what? I don't. I just don't know about Elise. And then Avery comes stomping in. And she's like, you know what, mom, stop wasting your energy on Elise. And she busts her big time. And I was like, (laughs) she's like, you know, it's so dumb. And I hear you talking about Elise to all your friends and it's annoying. And like, you just need to stop. You can't get enough about talking about her. And Rhoda's like, shut up, (laughs) shut it down. Oh my God. So we get to the end of the episode and Leah, of course, has had a couple drinks, but she's not the craziest one here, finally, for once. And she starts attacking the de- decorations. Why is it that Leah always goes for the decor when she's drunk? What, what's with the destruction? I, I, you know, I've had a couple of nips of alcohol or two in my day, and I just never felt the need to, like, tear something down, pull at something, grab at a random octopus that's in a seafood tower. That's just never really been my thing. Um, she's like a total child. It's very strange, but I, I heard she's sober now. I think she might have shown her like three month chip or something. So good for her. 
Um, so Luann gets a bottle of vodka because Leah needs to clean her hands and just pours vodka all over her hands. Rob has had enough. He is like, I gotta get out of here. I don't know what you're doing. I don't like this. <laughs> and I gotta go. And you know what, Rob, you're always welcome. If you want to leave a situation, I'm here for you. Anyway, y'all, that is the end of the episode, I think. Um, yeah, we'll check in with you later with the 90 Day Fiance The Other Way recap. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.